Freedom to fly? Another way of saying freedom to run. And so it goes with the crew of the experimental starship Void Jammer. And the clock never stops ticking. Unpaid bills, old enemies, and a rifle crew nip at their heels as they strike out for the Beskari. Friday, Saren, Relora, and Ballad know that when work comes calling, you grit your teeth and bear it. Sometimes simple folk don't live simple lives, and these former cargo haulers turned merchant smugglers will discover just how complicated their future stands to be as they enter a dangerous game. No rules, no time, no guarantee of safety. Just another day on the job, far beyond the stars. Behind the recording curtains, this is our uh, first episode that we've recorded in two months or so. We had a a summer break between recording the last episode of Far Beyond the Stars and this one. And I am so happy to see your faces again. I'm so excited to get this going again. The second half of this book is just bazonkers. And it's so, I'm so excited to actually get to it did anybody do anything fun with your summer how was your summer oh it was so nice i was so bored um um i have the talking stick charlie brown (laughs) we'll find out how crappy your summer was in a bit i'm gonna talk about how wonderful my summer was i did a whole lot of nothing um yeah, that was good. Video games. Okay, there were some chores sprinkled in there, you know, here and there. Um, oh, my parents, we did their 50th wedding anniversary, which was uh, my sister Yay. wanted it to be a big deal. Not like I didn't, but she wanted it to be like a legit fiesta. And um, we we delivered. We set ourselves a nice sizable budget for the event. Obviously, you know who took care of the Excel, you know, the Excel planning documents. Um, <laughs> it was Axel, right? It was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the organizer. Yeah, it was, to- it was totally him. He did all of that stuff. <laughs> venue, you know, venue mapping and all the timeline, the itinerary. But it was so good. I was so exhausted. I forgot how exhausting events were. I could not imagine planning that doing that and then recording on the next Sunday, I would have been just, I roll initiative. It's a pressing fire. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It was a blast. You got some relaxation. And the cops were called. Like, the wild part. Oh, no. So that's how you know it was a cool part. They were super chill. They came maybe like 20 minutes before it ended. The neighbor were c- complaining because we had live banda music. Doom, 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 doom. Anyway. That rules. Um, Your neighbor sounds like absolutely no fun because. And it was the ex-husband awesome. of the person who was letting us use their house as the venue being super nice. Um, complete jackass. Okay. Yeah, you, so you're listening. Thank you for listening, but you still suck. 
but you get a plus for listening to this podcast. Oh my god, <laughs> it was awesome, awesome sauce. Anywho, I'll I'll pass over the 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 mic before I gush on more. But it was a nice break. Thanks for asking. You're welcome. I'm delighted you had a relaxing summer break, and one exciting moment with a cranky neighbor. Jess, ah, yeah. oh, I had a great time. I needed. I needed just a long break of not having obligations other than work. Because, you know, work is crazy right now. <laughs> so, uh, your job is not always having... crazy. Yeah, it got crazier earlier this year. And then, <sighs> you know, that that's not helping things. But, um, yeah, it's been really nice not having much to do, basically. I caught up on like, movies i had been intending to watch i played a lot of video games like a lot of video games that's more or less all i did i mean i went to how many get-togethers did i have more than like i have in years because you know pandemic stuff and of course i'm still Mm -hmm. limiting how much i do that because pandemic stuff but (laughs) (laughs) but uh i went to at least one like long party (laughs) i was at logan's house for like nine hours and they were still going when we left the only reason (laughs) we left is because kylie has a dog now so um yeah it was it was a lot of fun it was good that sounds (laughs) perfect it was perfect exactly heidi you did a lot of exciting stuff didn't you didn't you go to like a, a couple concerts yeah, I've been to a few concerts this summer. Um, I went and saw, yeah. I went and watched, um, not in this order, uh, Motion City <laughs> Soundtrack, The Mountain Goats. Um, oh, I love The Mountain Goats. <laughs> they are fantastic. Yes. wasn't the whole band. It was just Justin and his saxophonist. Um and let's see. So then I saw My Chemical Romance, uh, Coheed and Cambria. Um, didn't didn't manage to catch all of the Coheed show. Got there a little bit late. Um, th- saw Ice Cube of all people. What? Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, he was. In in my town for some reason. Um Okay. Ice Cube, like there were a lot of people at that show that I was like, I don't know any of these bands, but I knew like five songs. Like Ice Cube, Yin Yang Twins, Cypress Hill, and Oh my god. Um Bone Thug and Harmony. <gasps> uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony? What? I'm, I'm very <laughs> jealous of this concert you saw with <laughs> that I with was super knowledge. bored at. <laughs> like, yes, that I would have been losing my fucking mind at. Uh, oh. then, um, <laughs> who else? Who else? Did I, I feel. Oh, I saw Jimmy Is Eat World as well. Is that not the end of the list? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Eat Worlds uh, was like at the start of the summer. I think that I think I think there's one more that I'm forgetting, but. That's pretty much it. So, so you yeah. like lived you you lived on the music scene. Yeah, um, you just definitely went from concert like, venue to concert venue and lived there. 
living living like all of the shows that I would have loved to and loved and died to. Oh, right. The other one I forgot was the Decemberists. Um oh. like <laughs> who I I can't believe I forgot the Decemberists. I I went and saw all the bands that like I would have died to see when I was in high school. So um hell yeah. Yep, that's so, the list. Yep. There's like a couple left. I could have gone to see Panic at the Disco, but tickets for that were like $200 and we had just we had just paid like $200 to per person to go see uh My Chemical Romance. Mm-hmm. So we were like, mm, nah. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Not today. Sense. If if it helps, that's that's the choice I would have made too. Yeah. I, I like I prefer Panic, Panic. Show, but MCR yeah. were, they were they were everything to me. Yeah, <laughs> it was cool too. Uh, Gerard Gerard Way was uh, dressed like the Joker. Even had like full clown makeup. Oh, uh, no. It was the first <laughs> first day of the the tour. It was very cool. So, oh boy, that was oh, Dustin. You said you've been bored this summer. <laughs> Well, you know what's funny is we're talking about the summer and we're in the middle of a heat wave where it's like 100, it's supposed to be 105 today. But I looked up yeah. this episode. It's literally coming out the day after my birthday. So uh, <laughs> happy birthday to me, I guess. Uh, but my summer was fairly boring. Uh, I I had surgery. So most of my time was stuck in bed recuperating. I did read a wonderful book, uh, Legends of Latte. Uh, I do recommend Ooh. Legends and Latte. That was you want a what's the word i want uh what is it called fantasy without like any low stakes fantasy basically just a very enjoyable book read that just makes you feel good on inside i definitely recommend that book um i watched everything on the netflix the amazon primes the youtubes the thing because that was all I really do. Did I play any video games? I don't think I really played any video games. Um, mainly just because I couldn't get, I was, I couldn't get where my gaming console was. Uh, and oh, I get to, get to hang out with Abby uh, for all of. We got to hang out for like five hours, which was fun. Yeah, we got to see each other for uh, six hours. It was nice. Yeah, went on went on a mini road trip. <laughs> Uh, the longest we could possibly get between two at point A and point B, we we took the longest route, uh, and then uh, yeah, that was my summer. Uh, and now at this point of recording, I'm starting back at school. So, yay school! Uh, but yeah, rah rah, my, my rah rah. So you're, you described almost the exact same thing I did. <laughs> But it's just just goes to show you it depends who you're talking to, because that sounds lovely to me, other than the surgery part. But, you know, less cool. <laughs> I, it, you know, it wasn't I, I definitely needed a break uh, having I think a one month break for me was good. Like, but I think the second month was when I was starting to, like, uh, get a little bit like, OK, I need to do something. I'm. I'm, I'm, I don't do nothing well. Uh, I, I'm just not, it's just not my personality. So, um, eventually I have to take on projects or do something. I can't, I can't sit still that long. So, uh, but a a month was, a month was actually really good, but yeah, anything more than that. Um, yeah, I was done. I was ready to come back. I was ready to play again. Uh, Especially when we had our team Twitch, it made me realize how much I missed us hanging out and talking. And uh, 
And so that just made the month longer. But other than that, yeah, it was it wasn't bad. What about you, Abby? What'd you do? I did pretty much the same as Jess and Dustin for most of it. I watched a lot of TV. I played a lot of video games. I went outside some. It was nice. Uh, highlight, I went to Maine for a long weekend, which I had never been to Maine. Maine is cool. Maine has good food and lots of ocean and a cryptozoology museum, so which was so cool. <laughs> it's not a good museum in the sense that it's not well laid out and the information is not presented in a cohesive fashion. But it is an awesome museum full of weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> And that's really the point with such things. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, I was very satisfied. Absolutely 10 out of 10 worth the 10 bucks to get in to look at all the weird shit that they have in that museum. Um, Cryptid Museum didn't have a well-organized scientific (laughs) process around it. I'm as surprised uh, as you are. (laughs) I paid 10 bucks to see some weird shit. Oh, I paid 10 bucks too. Oh, it was so fantastic. If any of y'all go to Portland, Maine... That is the best place in Portland, Maine, <laughs> to go <laughs> to go look at. It was it was okay. phenomenal. I think my favorite display was crypto scatology, which was uh, a wow. big display of plastic poop. Oh my Just god! Just giving you examples of different kinds of scat <laughs> that you might see out in the woods, and then comparing that woodland scat to what big Bigfoot's shits mu- might look like? Of course. Bigfoot's Sasquatch's shit entire human toddlers worth of poop, apparently, according <laughs> well, to this. I thought it was going to be funny. It was either going to be a lot or it was going to be a really tiny amount, which would have been Oh, hilarious. it's a lot. It definitely airs on the a lot. <laughs> if I was there, I'd get my glasses, put them in my teeth, and be like, that's some interesting shit. <laughs> Right, interesting (laughs) shit right there. (laughs) Yeah, I'd go for the obvious joke. I'm not gonna lie. The display talk about how Mormons think that um, Bigfoot is Cain. (gasps) Really? If stuck wandering the earth for eternity. If it was a good museum, it probably would have included that info, but it's not a good museum, (laughs) so it didn't. (laughs) Um, That's fascinating, though. That's a thing. Uh, yeah, Mormon fol- folklore. <laughs> I missed that one. The mythology deepens. Yeah, I guess, it probably also depends what kind, like, you know, LDS versus whatever else is out there. Uh-huh, I think that's uh-huh. like an LDS belief. <laughs> Interesting. Cults and crypto. <laughs> Cryptozoology, that is. Not... <laughs> They should do another building next to it. That's a that's going to go in my cult museum. History here. Cain Bigfoot. Cain Bigfoot? Question mark. Cain Bigfoot. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I just better have your VPN turned look on. What you did Jess. Look what you did. <laughs> I'm a bad influence. <laughs> I should have turned on my VPN before before googling this. No. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, that was my summer. 
It was glorious. It sounds like all of you, except, you know, Dustin for that last month had pretty glorious summer breaks. I know we're talking about this in November, but just let the just let the feeling of warmth and rest and relaxation just just wash over you folks who are listening in November. Remember that there is a time when the sun is out. Yeah, I'm sure by this point, we're all wishing for the hot weather to be back and not the cold, nasty November rainy weather that hopefully we will be getting at that point. I hate summer, so. By this time, by by the time this comes out, I will have gone to Vegas and come back. Nice. Nice. (laughs) In October. By the time this will come out, also, Abby and I will both have gotten a year older. Yep. It'll have happened again. (laughs) (laughs) The aging just keeps happening. I'm just going to, I'm turning the conversation away. We're moving on. Uh, All of our, all of our summer break plans were pretty on theme because the crew of the Boy Jammer also got some much needed rest and relaxation in the capital city of Vest 3, the third planet from the sun in the Viscarium Sars. Wow. The third planet from the sun in the Viscarium star system. The city is also very creatively named Command 3. Gotta love those Vesk. Nice. You all... Had a pretty good time, as I recall. Friday hit up a casino, took some time to stay in a fancy hotel. Ballad, you got learned on some real-world domestic skills, and you trained at a Solarian temple for a little bit. Relora met up with a uh, old friend. They spent oh, some yeah. quality time together. They were yep. fucking. And I said a bang, a bang, bangity bang, 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 bang. And Saren got herself a hot date the next time she goes to Absalom Station. So, woot woot, everybody had a great time. Y'all also leveled up to level four, which is super exciting. We'll be talking about that in greater detail in our usual level up episode. Uh, uh, also, we did invest in the next level of uh, what is it? The of how we choose to live luxuriously. We live more uh, right. Uh, we you spent our a lifestyle. BP on a comfortable lifestyle. So, which, which oddly enough is where we were all happy with anyway. We don't need the super fancy one that. Yeah, the next one up. That was yeah crazy. Your comfortable lifestyle is living like a rich person, as far as. <laughs> most of us are concerned so not like not like a super uber duper billionaire status rich person but y'all have made some decent money you have made some decent money uh doing these jobs good good job congratulations to you we all have wardrobes now (laughs) yes you have like multiple changes of clothes still only wear the one outfit yeah obviously because well Y'all are fictionally rich. The TV show is still on a budget, so you get you still get one costume. It's the just entire an entire closet full on. of the same outfit. Yes, like on Doug, that one episode of Doug, and everybody's like, yes. "What? You think we're going to be impressed because you have all the same outfit?" <laughs> um, the, the entire budget Doug? is spent on on yeah, the cartoon Doug. Oh, sorry, that took me back. Yeah, no, yeah, oh my god, what a throwback, a weird throwback, but, um, Ballad is changing outfits constantly, so. 
literally just like that was exactly the image in my mind when I was saying that. <laughs> After this glorious week of R and R, y'all were contacted by a Besk captain called Eshovayo Fireheart, who wants to speak with you about a potential job: the capture of a dangerous fugitive. He didn't want to go over the details on the comm with Saren, wants to meet up in person, but he is willing to pay handsomely for this mission. 10 BP if the fugitive is brought in dead, 15 alive, plus an upfront stipend of 5,000 credits. After some infosphere sleuthing and recollections from Ballad and Rolora, you've been able to put together a couple of facts on your own. The place that Eshevaya wants to meet up is at a dye factory that recently had a break-in. They use Xyapodes insects to make a special dye, and those bugs also produce a substance that is called Hellfire Toxin, a bioweapon so lethal it has only been deployed once that Ballad is heard of throughout her underground context by a Vesk named Agavana Oathbreaker. So that's what you know so far. You have agreed to go meet Captain Fireheart, and he has sent you the instructions for where to meet him. It's at the scene of the crime. Are there any preparations you want to make before you head out? No preparations for me. Yeah, I think we're all right. good. We're all good? Don't need anything? Yep, good. Saren took care of the shopping trip essentials. Uh, let's see. Relora had just barely made it in in the nick of time. Oh, that's right. The, there was that small window. Oh, yeah. She two-wheeled it in. <laughs> the 11th hour. Uh, is gonna just rush in, put in the coordinates, do like the autopilot thing. Um, I just do like a quick beep. Like, Saren, dear, can you keep an eye on the helm? I just, just need a, a quick... Uh, just, keep, just keep an eye on the helm. That'd be great. Thank you. And then heads off to basically... Uh, um, you know, <laughs> you know, powder their nose, uh, maybe get a Take fresh a quick sonic shower. <laughs> you got it. Take care. Of, take care of all the essentials. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't actually need to bring the ship for this. So by the time Relora oh, has right. finished freshening up, because this, this place is still in the city of Command 3. So you call a cab and you head out. So Command 3 is split into several distinct layers with the original settlement at ground level and the rest built over it. It's sort of like Midgar from Final Fantasy VII, but with more levels and less cyberpunk social commentary. (laughs) Uh, True Blue Dye Works corporate campus is on one of Command 3's upper layers, which is reserved for industrial and commercial facilities. And as your cab parks, you can tell this company is doing very well. This campus is lavish. From where you're standing at the gate, you can already see several buildings and what looks to be a maglev transportation infrastructure built in to help employees get around the compound faster. Oh, interesting. Okay. You all, as you all kind of pile out of the cab to come stand in front of the gate, there is a black urban cruiser also parked nearby and a very imposing Vesk climbs out. I just want to add, everyone else was in the cab. Saren, meanwhile, was was riding on your sleek gold intercycle that Ooh. had been com- completely customized. And when she steps off of it, uh, she presses a button on your exocortex and it 
like folds down into this more spherical shape and uh, just it's larger than Jambot normally is, but it's just Jambot now. <gasps> Jam- Jambike. 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 That is awesome. <laughs> so. Is Darn there it, enough money the in the light. budget for the transformer noise? <laughs> we don't have t- we don't have the money to license the transformer noise. <laughs> Heidi will just do it with her mouth. <laughs> That's I've free. seen that movie too many times. <laughs> That's so awesome. Hell oh, yeah, that is so, so cool. cool. I love that you can just like that you can call the you can call the bike whenever you need it but you're not encumbered by like having to drag a full vehicle around all the time it's just kind of around if you want it uh, yeah and I think that's neat. it's super cool because you know even though it's a bike it can kind of move independently and just follow me when it's in its compact state it doesn't <laughs> unlike uh, unlike uh, Jambot flying though this one does move along the ground uh because Jambike is small size rather than tiny size, which means that they can no longer fly. So, gotcha. Sad face. Sad face. The trade. The trade off. Indeed. But as long as Jambot's still with us, J- or Jambike, uh, you know, we're all happy. <laughs> okay, so, so the three of you. Does it go? <laughs> Speeding. 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 <laughs> Speedy, speedy. Oh, goodness, for silly bench. <laughs> All right, so the three of you pile out of the cab. Saren arrives on your jam bike and out of essentially the black suburban that is also parked at the front of the facility steps this Vesk. Uh, he's quite tall. He's very imposing looking. He's a very handsome, upright sort of fellow, dressed in a clean cut military uniform with captain's uh, insignia on his shoulder pads. And he stands straight backed, hands behind his back, and addresses the three of you well, not the four of you, addresses the four of you like the crew of the Void Jammer, I hope. Uh, that's uh, that's right, sir. Uh, Captain Friday Francisco, this here is my crew, and uh, I wait for you guys to introduce yourselves. <laughs> yep, I I spoke to you. I'm Saren. Uh, a pleasure. A He's pleasure to meet you. Shaking all of your hands as you introduce yourselves. Relora does the okay, very similar kind of. I, I think the insignia, the overall like stance, kind of takes her kind of back. Um, to her own military, you know, training. So it does a very, almost mirrors the, you know, stance kind of like at attention. Raylora Rainsora, Captain. And she's in the full Lashunta. Lashunta Relora is, was her, uh, the form I forgot to mention leaving the. Okay, so Relora has joined us today. Yes, Relora, <laughs> Relora, Relora form. And is uh, basically at attention. Okay. Because I want to say you. her rank is lieutenant. I just got to double check, but I think so. I think that's true. But not in the not in the Viscarium. 
no, but yeah, nope. I figure. Yeah, I think a lot of the the muscle soldiers. memory from the soldier, a lot of vest, well, a lot of vest soldiers, right? No, um, just kind of probably just the muscle memory, muscle memory is taking yeah. over. And he definitely recognizes that you're also a member of sort of like the soldier club, so he gives you sort of a, you know, a respectful little respectful little nod, turns to Ballad. Oh, uh, Ballad gives him a really firm handshake. Nice, Ballad Serenade. I'm the security officer a pleasure to meet all four of you and well forgive me but I'm not I cannot give you any more details let's uh, until we've arrived at a more secure location please follow me lead the way Uh, he leads you through a security checkpoint to get through the gate through a warehouse that is full of just various uh you know, various containers that supposedly hold the dye that is extracted from the the bugs. And through the warehouse out to a a very large greenhouse uh, that is just strung with cables bearing large desiccated leaves weighted with clumps of shriveled dried berries on the inside. And it shows signs of forced entry and battle. You all notice bloodstains, broken glass, and scars from various laser weapons that have been fired. Oh. Captain Fireheart uh, goes and he sort of, he plucks a leaf contemplatively off the greenhouse wall. He's turning it over. He delicately, he turns around, he turns back to the four of you to demonstrate something, and he splits one of the brown sacks on the back of the leaf with the tip of his claw. And a tiny golden insect with thousands of legs and circular mandibles crawls out onto his hand. Zyapodes are what these are called. They burrow inside the leaves of bruayo bushes, and he sort of gestures around to the various plant life inside the greenhouse. And those only grow around the city of Zayada, which is located a little to the south of here. Now, skittermanders call these things the gold of the garden planet, but the real gold is inside and he takes the insect and he crushes it between his thumb and his forefinger and a vibrant blue liquid dribbles down his hand this is Zayada Blue so popular the whole company is named after it however about one in a hundred of these Zyapides holds a yet more valuable treasure too small for any of us to see with the naked eye a bacterium that can be used to create a biological weapon called Hellfire Toxin. Hellfire is so dangerous and lethal that even the Viscarium has rejected its use. Shortly before I contacted you, a team of highly trained and as of yet unidentified individuals broke in here and killed more than a dozen people, including eight civilians. When True Blue took stock of the damage, they discovered the theft. Hundreds of Zyapodes, all who carried the toxin and were slated for safe disintegration. We do have a lead. A Formian by the name of Jask Beskask used to work at this facility and visited unprompted just before the attack. We have reasonable suspicion that they stole the bugs then and set up the attack to cover their tracks. Now, this final bit of information really cannot leave this room. This is partially why I have paid you up front in 5,000 credits to even speak with me in hopes that this will help ensure your discretion. There is only one person 
who has ever successfully weaponized Hellfire Toxin, and she used it to slaughter a city of innocent people. Her name is Agavana Oathbreaker, the Butcher of Burandarama. You've heard of her. We did some of our own research before we came to meet with you to, to, you know, just make sure that we would be on the right side of this. What research would have led you to that name? Uh, I've been around a long time. (laughs) Make me a, uh... (laughs) Make me a bluff check. Oh, sure. Uh, Don't forget you have, uh, Charming Veneer on you, as always. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, 17 instead of, uh, 16. (laughs) Not very good, because I don't have much bluff. He eyeballs you, and you can tell that he knows that there is more to this story. But he appears to elect to ignore it in in the interest of getting this mission off to the right start. But he has awesome. noted that. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't care as long as we're not talking about it. Sorry, Jess. <laughs> we have our secrets. <laughs> it's it's like in a te- like you know those Telltale games where it's just Eshovio will remember that. Uh, yeah, appears at the top <laughs> of the screen. <laughs> in any case, we think this Formian Jask was working for Agavana. We don't know where she is, but Jask owns a music shop on Gaskar Three, a planet in, in near space. I want you to go there, interrogate Jask Biskask for Agavana Oathbreaker's whereabouts, and bring her back to me, alive. If you can, I have some questions for her. Ballad Any smiles. Questions? Very widely. Uh, I don't suppose you have an antidote for this here uh, toxin in case we come into contact with it in our efforts to we do not. Uh, it is one of the reasons why its use has been outlawed. We have not been able to discover any antidote to this toxin. Once it is deployed, it is too late. Oh, great. Hooray I- for us taking the fun jobs. Uh, then I suppose it's best for us to, to get on this quickly then before they can really synthesize or collect the bacteria to make the the poison. Yes, yes. This is certainly a matter of great urgency. Now, Captain... Oh, but look, looking to to Fireheart, now knowing that there's like two captains in the... <laughs> two captains in the room. <laughs> now, Captain, would it be possible to get access or be provided to any of the investigative data that was collected from the scene of the break-in. As you may imagine, we have particular resources, you know, trying to trying to build on that kind of already. He's like, hey, we know stuff. Um, we have particular <laughs> access to, to resources that may not be readily available to the Vescarium. Uh, any information... I believe would be helpful as of course as um, I do not want to speak for our captain but we're very invested in in preventing any 
anything unfortunate from from happening as a result of uh, of the break in. Uh, of course, we can make a report available to you. I would be interested to see if you could discover anything more from it. We we feel fairly certain we have already identified the culprits and already know how they got in and how they escaped. But if you do manage to dig up any extra information, uh, be my guest. Abby, I'd like to have a rule of fun moment here, if you would let me. With Lay it on me, buddy. Uh, what is it? Um, so I, I took, when we leveled up, I took some points of perception. Uh, but I'd like to make that a perception oh based on my, uh, my witch warper abilities, uh, which is looking in perceiving alternate worlds, uh, and maybe using a resolve point to access perception and with the use of a perception to maybe see how this happened, how this battle might've happened in different worlds and maybe see if I can catch something that might have been picked up in those alternative worlds where it was just maybe slightly different. And uh, I, I just, if you let me, I, we can totally wipe this off. I just thought that was a fun way to take care of that, to, to use perception with the Witch Warper ability. Gosh, that does sound fun. I do. I do love that. Give, give me a sec to kind of think, to kind of think about that. Yeah. Dustin, is that kind of like a Doctor Strange time stone type deal? I was thinking, um, I love the... Like multiverse? Yeah, mo- kind of like the multiverse thing, because all, all I have to do is look at a, a reality that is slightly, like, had a, maybe a slightly different outcome. Maybe the enemies were pushed back or something, and then maybe it lets me see somebody or something that might have been missed in this battle. I'm I'm inclined to let you do it because I, I'm inclined to let you do it because that sounds fun. That sounds fun. <laughs> um, I'm just I'm just I'm I'm reading through my notes to kind of get an idea of like what you might be able to perceive with that, so that I can give you like a smooth answer. <laughs> yeah. After you no, 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 no. Like I said, it was a it's a wild Scooby Doo idea. So I, oh, I didn't need. But what a fun, what a fun kind of interesting like application of which if you're gonna if you're gonna be a person who can see into alternate realities, like it should be able to be used more than just battles. Yeah, absolutely. You should be able to use it all the fucking time. Um, just neat. That is a neat aspect of it because. Your character's de- already doing it. So when you bring in Swampland, it's oh, it's not a this is not a um a place of business in, you know, reality 573. It's a bunch of swampland. So when you use that terrain thing and the floor turns to swamp, it's not necessary. like I always pictured it like a portal and it's just bringing in swamp water or whatever you're doing, but yeah. really it's just kind of like poking at the reality of like, well, I'm finding the thin spots. Yeah, and that's pretty neat because there's there's endless endless iterations of any given place. You know, it's an ocean. It's a desert. It's, Reversing the gravity. Yeah. It's a flower shop instead of, oh, oh, okay, this is a processing plant. But this slight one, there still involves plants, but it's, it sells flowers instead. And, or and I had this idea over the break. I think I'm cool. going to use all my skill checks are going to be based on, like, tapping alternative realities from now on. Like, it, when if I'm using my... Uh, I mean, that's, that's so fun. That yeah. What a fun idea. Because, like, also, especially if you're, like, because you can pull up, there are different realities that you can access and pull up. Like, I, I can totally see you using this for, like, a, like, a diplomacy check. Yeah. Uh, and you can kind of, like, perceive a reality in which, like, 
you know the what the conversation they want went well. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you can kind of mimic that, or you accidentally pull if you like do if you like fail, you accidentally pull up a reality where that went badly and you make a mistake. Yeah. I think that's a fun idea. Yeah. That's yeah. so much fun. That's a neat. That is neat. I like that. So is Agavana Oathbreaker a Vesk? She is. She is a former Viscarium soldier. I see. She used to be a friend of mine, actually. She betrayed us. Eight years ago, she deserted her unit, demanded the Empire free hundreds of imprisoned criminals she claimed had been unjustly incarcerated. And when her request was denied, she unleashed Hellfire Toxin on the city of Barandamana. Hundreds of thousands of innocent people burned alive from the inside due to that bioweapon. It took weeks mm. for some of them to die. No wonder she's called Oathbreaker. Yes. I sympathized, of course, with her with her claims. But what a terrible response. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know anyone who would uh well, never mind. <laughs> that must have been really hard for you, you know, seeing your friends make that make those sorts of decisions and betray betray everything that you thought well you hold dear and you thought she held dear as well. Um that sort of betrayal cuts really deep. It does. But it certainly solid it uh, solidifies my resolve to track her down myself. Is it possible that she is connected with Jask Biscask herself? Quite possible. We don't know much about Jask themselves. Uh, they own a music shop called Sonic Future in Gaskari, which is the capital city of Gaskar 3. They're not a soldier, so you shouldn't have any trouble getting them to talk to you, and we do believe that they are involved with Agavana. Um... Do we kind of have, like, carte blanche to, you know, do what we need to do? I mean, if you something do. happens, like, cool, awesome. <laughs> within within Viscarium law, of course, but this is, but that is quite broad when it comes to situations like these. And do what you have to do. Yeah, sometimes. It's, we're on a clock. Gotcha. Yeah, we don't want to, you know, better a few people die than a few hundred. Dustin, while all this is going on, while this conversation is happening, um, you are kind of taking a turn about the room and trying to perceive alternate versions of this scenario, alternate versions of this space, alternate versions of just Command 3 and this entire vibe in general. And I would like you to make me a perception check. Yeah, and um, I'm going to use my... You can, I'm hoping you will let me use my broad spectrum scanning kit too, which feels like it would fit for this, which gives me a plus four to my search. Yeah, so I like my... that because part of what you've built into your Witch Warper backstory is that you use technology to access this. It's part it's part of your sort of mic TV. Yeah. 
uh, backstory. So yeah, so I think that you're using the broad spectrum scanner to perceive these alternate realities and infusing it with your own magic. So and that's how we, you're reaching out into alternate dimensions. So when I leveled up, I put three points into perception because I was tired of having no perception. Uh, and uh, and with that, plus four, that puts me at seven. Uh, plus a 19 roll puts me at a 26 perception. Uh, so what? hopefully I see something in these other realities. Yeah, you do. Um, I set the DC pretty high on that one because there are... Realities untold, realities uncountable. I have an idea, Abby, to, and this is a, a, a to take against me to make it actually harder. Is I should roll a percentage die, die when I do this, and if I roll like below ten percent, like I see into a reality that's not a good reality. That actually ooh, this honest. is fun. Yeah. Uh, so because uh, I mean, can... you you already you did. I just wanted to tell you, like, you did clear the check. I, I set the DC like at. Like twenty-two. Yeah, I, I know. I'm. I'm having. I'm. I want to have fun with this. Like, but there should okay, be some repercussions great. of me doing it. So, absolutely. Uh, I hate. That's a fantastic idea. I love that. Oh, hey, you know what? Hero point for the suggestion. Ah, hey, awesome. Nice. Nice. So let me roll a d100 here. Okay, I'm good. 82. Wow. Okay. So you're listening with one ear to what your companions are questioning Captain Fireheart about. You're taking in that information and you're you're using it to fuel your power into your scanner. And you're sweeping it around the room. And as witch warpers are able to do, you are perceiving realities where events happened differently. And because you're so you're so attuned to the story that you're hearing and you're so your 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 week of R&R really settled you you're feeling very calm and you're able to actually access a set of realities that is very close to this one you didn't end up seeing into like an alternate an alternate past where the Viscarium never came to Vesk 3 or where the Skittermanders never chose to build here in the first place. Or, or one where the Skittermanders actually fought back. Or one where the Skittermanders fought back in a way that was less passive-aggressive and more just aggressive-aggressive. <laughs> and, and an adorable, but still adorable. Yeah. Well, it's le- anyway, that's, that's, that's different. But you're able to actually get some information from realities where th- events progressed similar enough to this reality where this greenhouse is still here and the green the things in the greenhouse are still these bugs so you're able to see like five or six of those with your with your perception check i do want to caveat this by saying that even though you are able to perceive something very close to this reality. Friday would be savvy enough to know, especially on that like higher perception check, that just because you see something in an alternate reality does not necessarily mean that events were similar in your current reality. Yeah. So just bear that in mind. So you see a reality where Agavana 
herself broke through the door. A tall, pale Vesk with one red eye burst in the door, killed the employees, and stole all of the bugs. That's one reality that you see. You see a reality where nothing happens at all. Everybody went to work and they went home and it was fine. You see a reality where this Formian person who you may presume to be Jaspiskask came in and with a small team stole a collection of the insects and departed with no bloodshed. But afterwards, some Vesk dressed all in black came in and killed all of the workers and appeared to be setting a stage. You see an alternate reality where you see an alternate reality where Captain Fireheart is the one who comes in and sets the stage and steals the bugs. There, you, there's, there's just a couple of different things that might have happened if things had played out differently. And there's no real way to tell if any of them have any similarity to your own reality. But that is, that is what you see. I asked Captain Fireheart, uh, just out of curiosity, what was the thing that all of a sudden made Agavana want to have all these people freed and stuff? What was the impetus of that? I'm not sure. She, uh, she didn't disclose that to me. Oh, you said you understood why she wanted it, though. You said something about, like, I, I recognize the reasoning why she wanted it. What was that reasoning? I meant more that I understood that she was concerned about the imprisoned criminals and wanted to see justice done. As I said, she would not disclose to me why she thought so. Hmm. Uh, and then the what did the man the best dressed in black? Did he any have any um, features that were noticeable other than he was dressed in black? Like anything identifiable? I didn't say that anyone was dressed in black. Where did you get you that? There was, I thought you said there was a vest dressed in black that came in and set up the scene after... That was one, one of the guy. alternate realities you perceived, but that's nothing uh, Captain Fireheart said. I know. I, I'm asking you as... GM. Oh, sorry. I thought you were still talking to Captain Fireheart. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No problem. <laughs> um, repeat the question. Uh did was there any descriptive detail of the guy dressed in black like could i describe him to fireheart to see if that rings any bells for him sure you can you can just you can describe uh the vest that you saw i they <laughs> they looked purposefully nondescript okay so I don't have enough to really go off. I was just wondering if there you was You can a... say Vesk. <laughs> yeah, a Vesk in bl- dressed in black isn't going to be enough. I was just wondering if there was more detail. Uh, well, they seemed they seemed like they were uh, non, non, not very distinctive on purpose. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to double check. Being thorough. Yeah, uh, of course. But... Love it. Now, Captain, how was... A- 
How is the connection between Jasperask and the Oathbreaker established? Was there some evidence? Is it a suspicion at this point, or how was how was this connection discovered? Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. Oh, you're you're talking to the other captain. Oh, Captain Captain Fireheart. I apologize, <laughs> Captain. <laughs> Sorry, Captain Friday. She she kind of loosens, kind of at ease her military stance. It's just again, it's her muscle memory. She's kind of like uh, loosens up a little bit. Captain uh, Fireheart, yes. How how was how was this connection either discovered or inferred, or how, how was that established? Well, to be to be perfectly honest, this is a thin lead. Ah. We don't have any concrete evidence that Jask is involved with Agavana itself. We assume so because the only person who has ever successfully weaponized Hellfire Toxin is Agavana. So one, we actually hope that it's her and not some as of yet unknown agent that has figured out a way to weaponize this toxin. Jask is, and as we are near certain that Jask Wiskask is the one who stole these insects in the first place, they are our only lead at this <sighs> moment. And we, it is a thin hope, but we do hope that they will lead you to Agavana. Well, I think that that's going to be that's a good starting point. But I, I also think that we need to be hushing because we don't. Every minute we spend here, we're spending it not risk. We're spending it risking others' lives. Yes, not to be too dramatic, but millions of lives hang in the balance. Ooh. So, unless you guys have any other follow-up questions, I say we uh, get going. Agreed, Captain. Right behind you. I'm good to go. Thank you all very much for taking on this mission. Uh, he hands Friday a cred stick with with 5,000 credits on it. Thank you, sir. A down payment. And if you have any other questions, uh, you have my personal comm number. Let me know when it's done. Yes, sir. Okay, so we uh, heading off to outer space. Yeah, heading back to outer space. To space, to space you go. Can we potentially do some more research? Uh, because we're the team that likes to be prepared. Yeah, you um, do. yeah, you are. Love that about um, you. I so obviously obviously like Agavana Oathbreaker is a name that they've tried to keep hidden and I wouldn't be able to find inf- any information out but is it possible Jess if you could like check with your underworld contacts to see if they can connect mm-hmm. her with Jask Biskask and I will do my own research into Jask Biskask and Jask her Biskask. music shop her music shop called Sonic Future there. Sonic Future. There. Oh, there. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I thought you had said that. I thought you would use she, her for Jask. No, sorry. Uh, they, them. Okay. My bad. I will fix that in the notes. In our beautiful new green ship. Ooh. Yes. Your bright green Planet Express. 
hell did I roll? Holy Shit. crap. Uh, I rolled a lot. I got... Oh, I'm adding my side real influence, too. Um, <laughs> for your underworld? Yeah, for culture, I'm using... Uh, oh, then real quick, I, just, I have a few like in-character discussions for Ballad that would probably like lead into the connection stuff. They're very sure. short, though. Because we're taking the cab back, right, cab back? Yeah, yeah you're cab. taking the cab back, and, and I'm, unless you have any other business on Command 3, I'm going to say that a lot of this research takes place while you're en route to Gaskar 3, because it even with your signal booster, it will still take you 1d6 days to get there. Yep. So Ooh, I'm going to go ahead and roll that now. It's far out there. Right. Yeah. And I rolled max. So it is going to take you oh, six God. days to get to Gaskar 3. <laughs> Fanny, Fanny's still enjoying the afterglow. <laughs> I was like, oh, eh, these numbers look fine. Enter, enter, enter. Begin. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> they let the computer do a little bit more of the calculation <laughs> you had calamity talking do. to you the entire time going like no how about you try that no that's not that's not where oh dear <laughs> all right well okay <laughs> oh my whoops um whoops in for a penny in for a pound i suppose it'll be a it'll be a cruise a relaxing relaxing cruise so cool <laughs> All right, so you are conducting research. So Jess, what did you roll for researching more about Agavana? Well, with my plus five from uh, theme knowledge, 27. 27? All right. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. All right. Uh, let me eyeball... Eyeball my notes here for a secky sec. I'm picturing Relora talking to Ballad on the way back with a cab, but there's somebody there, so it's not like they have the secret language. I guess they could send text, but then it'd be quiet the whole drive, so it'd be something. I'm picturing something like, uh, well, it's not good that, you know, sometimes family recipes, it's best for them to stay in house, so let's hope that nobody's really discovered how to bake these delicious morsels outside of um, outside of this particular kitchen? No one's stolen grandma's recipes. <laughs> <laughs> On a 26, which is quite 27. good. 27, excuse me. <laughs> it's pretty good. You, now that you have more details to go off of for this person, you are able to track down what is actually kind of a fair a fair amount. You're able to track down her military record, which was outstanding. She was uh, a decorated soldier. And she had been stationed in Barandamana before, you know, she... Well, Fireheart used the word deserted, but everything that you can tell from everything you have been able to track down says she died in Barandamana, that she was one of the victims of the Hellfire Toxin that she unleashed. Oh my, cover up. 
once we're able to do better research, I'm going to ask Saren to look into who might have covered that up. And I'm going to, I'll bring in the, uh, I'll let you all know about the different realities I saw, the different scenarios. Um, yeah, because you saw Agavana in one of them. Yeah. And Saren would probably just s- say intuitively, um, well, if someone would have covered that up, like the, I mean, they don't want any information about this having happened to get out there. So, or the idea that she is still out there is probably detrimental to the Vesk Imperium. So they would have covered it up to cover their own asses. That's my True. guess, at least, you know, there's that, you know, and also maybe she's connected to someone uh, high up as well. That's a potential and I, I don't know, it kind of it kind of seems weird to me that somebody who's wanting to release lives or willing to take so many other lives just doesn't doesn't make sense. You don't you don't want prisoners gone like trading that much life for that much for some prisoners just doesn't seem like a an honorable exchange if for such a decorated soldier. There's some there's definitely something off here. Yeah, it feels like she um something probably happened to her right like from your description captain you said she had a red eye there might be something else going on with her and did she have a red eye when she was a soldier abby like way back like if i'm sure we find a photo of her as a what? soldier what a fabulous question yes uh ballad is able to pull up uh, a photo of her from her military id and uh no her eyes were kind of a more standard green before and her skin was not sort of the sickly pale color that you remember from your vision it was uh, she was a nice solid kind of pretty iridescent blue I knew it hmm. so what would happen to somebody to make their skin go like that and their eye turn red any ideas exactly, exactly if someone question. wants to make me an occult check I suppose you could do that. Mysticism? <laughs> or mysticism. Oh, mysticism. mysticism. This is Starfinder. Make me a mysticism check. <laughs> <laughs> I got a 17. Oh, that's a crap one. <laughs> I got a nine. How do you even make oh, it enough no. to age you? <laughs> I ain't no mystic. <laughs> Could I argue using, and I'm just putting this out there, having been a Vesk for a good portion of time and, you know, getting my good old cells used to working <laughs> like Vesk cells, could I could I argue using kind of like a life science type of role? No, I mean, I'm sorry. I, this is not a, this is not biological. Oh, so there's no, oh, gotcha. there's no way for you to know that. Oh, uh, I'll just tell that to the captain. If I use oh, an inspiration sorry. point to get to 18, does it make a difference? Yeah, that makes a difference. That means you have you spent a lot of time when you were a teen listening to your sister Wednesday go on and on and on about Yoxians and becoming undead and how she might go about becoming undead because she really wanted to do that and you 
you do kind of remember a couple of offhand references to very occasionally if there is a particular deity who thinks that someone's work on the material plane is not yet done they may grant uh, what is depending on your perspective a blessing or a curse to someone who died so given what you saw in your vision you think that it's a possibility that Agavana is is undead but not Eoxian style undead that requires a different sort of spell and a different sort of energy but may have been reawakened by something divine I'm I'm not gonna say that around um Saren uh cause undead undead experiences have not gone well for Saren before uh, so I'm going to hold that to the chest for now and kind of maybe cue Ballad in when Saren is not around. Uh, that if she maybe with her underground knowledge might know of a sect of a religious cult that might have something to do with a red eye uh, in the underground world. Or Heidi speaking, maybe it's there are specific races of undead undead uh, aliens in Starfinder that this could potentially be beyond just zombie like there are some really cool undead races Um, oh sweet so can those happen I mean can you like well then that race would probably be then connected to a god right because what we're talking about is somebody who's already a Vesk then taking on the characteristics of that undead race potentially. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking it's a religious be connected angle. To a god connected to them. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. like, if we could figure out the race, one of or the races. religion. Yeah, I don't know if my culture. I don't think my culture connects to. I mean, depending on if it's like a cult kind of thing, maybe. Um, That's what I was thinking. If it does apply, then I got a, a 22 on that roll. If it doesn't apply, it's a 17. <laughs> I'm going to let that apply and I'm as as sort of like Ooh. an aid and addendum to Dustin's check because I did I did cool. just sort of remember that there might have like there was there was a there was a word that I forgot to that I forgot to look up. So I'm going to I'm going to let you going to let you have this one because I think it I think it still applies to the previous check and then with uh, Ballad's help, kind of jogging Friday's memory. Uh, you also remember your sister mentioning that there is a a kind of undead being called a barai, and a barai is uh, a mostly dead body that has retained the smallest sliver of its soul. The red eyes in particular really clued you in. And when you mentioned it to Ballad, that's where you really sort of came came into the idea that this that uh, Agavana might be a Barai. She might be a Barai. This is based on a vision of an alternate reality that you saw. Yep. So... As far as your characters know. 
Is there any yeah. cults that have to do with Barai's vests? Yeah, well, I think well, this I think that's it's something to keep in the back of our mind. Um, mm-hmm. But let's not uh, let's not mention that part around Saren unless we absolutely have to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we should. I mean, in case we know we're gonna go see Agavana, we should probably tell Jur before um, before that, so that she's ready to. You know. Yeah, yeah. What's you folks are <laughs> texting in the middle of the conversation, like. Beep, beep, beep. Um, meanwhile i'm sitting over here like saren doesn't give a shit about about like other random undead it's literally like the problem is that particular type of undead oh we don't really know that but we don't know that (laughs) we just know that you had a bad situation with the undead that has initiated some trauma so your captain's being and your captain and best friend is trying to figure out whether or not he should tell you or not. <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah, well, Saren, well. how about this Jasek uh, Barras? Jask Jask Biscas. Jask Biscas. Hands down, this, my favorite name so far. It's I flipping think. awesome. I love it. <laughs> Jask Biscas. Oshbosh, Gabosh, Gabosh. This Sonic Future music shop, what do we. About this person, known associates. What, what's uh, anything come up in the old info sphere on the cortex? Uh, so, Abby, I rolled a computers check a while uh-huh. ago, uh, and uh-huh. I rolled a nat twenty for a thirty-two. <gasps> Woo! Yeah, you find all. You find out all about Jasper's gas. You found the LinkedIn page. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Jasper's gas wasn't really hiding anything in particular uh they were they were pretty easy to find you can you can tell that jask biscask uh grew up in the viscarium they are a formian which is a species that's native to castorville but they grew up in the viscarium uh and they worked in the disintegration chamber uh, of True Blue Dye Works for about a decade, so they were the, they were in charge of identifying the bugs that had the bacterium that could become Hellfire mm. Toxin and then destroying them safely. So they worked there for about ten years, and after retiring, they uh, used their savings to start a small shop, Sonic Future, which specializes in high tech musical instruments. They live in a small apartment above the shop in the city of Gascari. And they uh, are a fairly devout follower of Wei Dan. You find several nice. pictures of them uh, at the Wei Dan Temple community picnic and the <laughs> Wei Dan Temple like board of directors or whatever churches have. And yeah, that's... Uh, that's the vibe you get off of Jask. Oh. oh, that looks so much fun. I missed the last three myself. Oh, but just wonderful. I make this uh, slaw that goes great with impics. Oh, but uh, I highly recommend the next picnic. If we can make it, it would be so great for the crew. I miss Fanny being a way dead follower. Yeah. <laughs> Saren, also a way down follower. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Um, oh, 
Yeah, no, it's interesting. Uh, Wei Dan doesn't typically align himself with terrorism, so I wonder what exactly is going on here. Um, Miss Galactic hmm. Mistress, did yes, <laughs> did did you say that Jask was fired or quit retired? Jask, Jask retired. Jask got their pension. Jask took off to live on Gaskari 3 because there's a big Weidan community there and they are a big, big fan of Weidan. So they took their pension and took off. Oh. So, uh, and we're on the ship at this point, right? Mm-hmm. You also, by the way, were able to confirm Captain Fireheart's information that Jask was on Command 3 around the time of the crime. Interesting. So, I, I, I'm building a conspiracy theory in addition to the regular theory of what was happening here, which is that Ooh. there's an alternate alternate possibility that maybe, um, maybe. All right, hear me out. Agavana Oathbreaker was in fact not responsible for killing the the entire city of Barandamana, but. Um, was implicated in it because she was potentially leading some sort of rebellion to against the Vesk Imperium to try and release a bunch of prisoners. And uh, even though, well, even though all the information you're saying says she died, clearly, clearly, um, Eshevayo feels like she's still alive and is responsible for this event. So... I mean, officially, she did die if she's an undead. Wait. She's Barai. She's Barai? Ooh, somebody slipped their hand. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Valid just, like, literally Valid just let it slip. (laughs) She shoots shoots, uh, Friday a look like, oh, um, well, okay, so here's the thing. Captain had like visions, you know, how he'd be looking in, you know, other realities and stuff. Pretty cool. He said in one vision, he saw her. Sorry, he wanted to keep this secret from you in case you kind of like were upset by the undead thing. Um, I didn't mean to rip the band aid off so soon, but. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, no, I, I honestly look. I have a problem with marooned ones because that was my particular experience um there's a lot of maliciousness and malice but not every undead is the same um and that feels kind of racist to to imply that they all are (laughs) oh gotcha well you know there are people who uh to be fair to the captain there are people who do just kind of have a fear surrounding it's still something that uh people struggle to understand sometimes i suppose I just wanted to be sensitive to to you uh, to make sure that we didn't want to rip the band off made off as hard as just in case. Uh well, it wasn't I, I, sorry. It just just wanted to make sure you were gonna be okay. Didn't want it didn't want it to be a I hit you in the face kind of moment, you know. Oh I yeah, no, I appreciate that. I mean you're always really considerate. I you know, I suppose being made of crystal, the idea of being undead and having or undead existing is not really something that's much of a problem for me just because 
you know, I'm not looking at a potential version of myself in the future, you know, rotting away, but still alive. Um, well, glad to hear it. I do. Yeah, I, I guess I should have known considering uh, it's different for the, the bios. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyways, we kind of came to the conclusion maybe she's Barai and potentially she was uh, in, touched by a god. It could be one or the other or both somehow. No idea, but um, she was pale and had one red eye, so we kind of connected the dots there. But uh, hmm. yeah, meaning I think technically she did die. I don't think the I think it's less of a cover-up and more of a statement of fact, omitting a certain part, (laughs) which I guess is still a cover-up, but you know what I mean. Like, instead of a full-on lie, it's just an omission. Yeah, no, I I understand, and I'm not mad in this particular instance. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you were trying to protect me, I can understand that. Oh, we were um, going to tell you. Don't worry. We, I wasn't. Neither of us was planning on keeping it from you the whole time. It was just we needed to assess the right moment, I guess. You know, sometimes like when you, you're telling something that you're afraid that you're going to tell a friend that might hurt their feelings. and You get another friend's opinion before you tell that. That's that's what's going on. Uh, anyway, I yeah. And we don't for as far as we know, this might not even be something that's happening in this reality. It's just something I saw in a similar reality. So just something for us to be I mean, aware of. I do suspect it is the case in this reality as well, considering the records. But, you know, remains to be seen. If she died uh, in that, maybe if it was like she was trying to stop it, and maybe maybe that's why maybe she got granted. I don't know. There's any number of things. We need, need to talk to this person and uh, and go from there. Yep. Sounds good to me. Relora's probably really quiet during this time. She has done some crazy... With a conspiracy theory kind of being mentioned by Saren, it's not that... She's had to follow crappy military orders. I, I'm, I'm just assuming that's it's kind of like the reality of it is, uh, you know, you are a soldier. You signed up. It, uh, you know, it's it's like a possibility in her mind as far as, holy crap, if I've done X, Y, Z, this might be, you know, a conspiracy theory, but it's not like on the fringe of reality we're like well that's maybe you know a crazy something crazy like flat earthing it, it's it, it's something plausible to them so they've been just kind of absor- absorbing the information being a little bit more quiet than usual than while everybody's kind of discussing the next steps um is how i'm picturing you know miss fanny taking it all in and then speaking of bios, Captain, you're looking into realities. You know what that does to your folate levels. I'm going to go get you some tamarind juice. And that's very high in folic acid, which I highly recommend after you're peeking in all over all the multiverses. And go as a, get some, some tamarind juice. I don't know what tamarind juice is, but it sounds delicious. 
<laughs> that's my brand new Canon Starfinder tomato orange juice. That's super high in folic acid. <laughs> I just made a Canon in my in Miss Fanny's uh, recipe repertoire. Oh my goodness! <laughs> tomato orange, tomato orange Perfect. juice. <laughs> Thanks. I hate it. Okay. Uh, after. sounds horrible you all found out a lot of information you are heading into attempting to find jaskbaskask and thus agavana with a couple of competing a couple of competing stories about what might have happened which makes things feel a lot more uncertain you may have bitten off more than you can chew by accepting this mission. And we're going to have to figure out how that goes for you on the next episode because this episode is over. Far Beyond the Stars is a Fantastic Worlds production. Thank you so much for listening to the show. In the meantime, if you can't get enough of us, we also produce a second show, the Fantastic Worlds podcast. It is aptly named. It is super duper fantastic. This is based on the Reign of Winter Adventure Path or Pathfinder 1E. We also recommend connecting with our fantastic community on Discord and Reddit or following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you like to hang out. You can find links to access all of those on our website at fantasticworldspod.com. If you'd like to support the pod, consider joining our Patreon by going to fantasticworlds.cash where you can get access to behind-the-scenes content for all of our shows. And you'll also receive our undying gratitude for supporting our adorable, funny, hilarious, serious, upsetting, queer, actual play podcasts. I'm Abby, your galactic mistress, and you can find me at Bonanza Famine on Instagram or Twitter. I'm Heidi, your chief engineer, Saren Caceres, who is in charge of research today. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Famahillion, that's V-A-M-I-H-I-L-I-O-N, or Discord at Heidelon, hashtag 5836. This is Angel playing your fantastic abuelita, Astra Zoen. I can be reached on the social media at Espinoza916, E-S-P-I-N-O-Z-A-916. And hi, Maria. I know you wanted to join our adventure, so I'm throwing you in here. So you've now officially joined our space adventures. Woo-woot! <laughs> Uh, this is Jess. You can find me at Hank the Clank. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) This is your reality peeping Tom Friday Francisco, a.k.a. Dustin Alexander. You can find me at Dustin Alexander on the Sokial Medias. (laughs) Creepy. Uh, If you enjoy our show, do us a favor, help spread the word and uh, tell family and friends about it because it is good and they will like it and we'll see you next time <laughs> far beyond the stars pew 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 pew, pew, pew. pew. transformer noises <laughs> <laughs>《Far Beyond the Stars is a Fantastic Worlds production and an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. The Starfinder Adventure Path Fly Free or Die is a trademark of Paizo, copyright 2020. All Paizo content is used with permission. Yeah, that's kind of the only time I would use a VPN because you're just... everybody like. 
let me let's talk about vpn (laughs) because everybody (laughs) has a complete misconception about what that does all you're doing is changing who could potentially sell your data i your isp there everybody be like oh well your isp could be taking your data and selling it well so could your fucking vpn and you're (laughs) so the only time you should be using it is potentially to change whatever country you're streaming something from if you want to access like Vietnamese Netflix or whatever, or if you're doing uh, illegal stuff, which nobody would, of course, nobody here. But uh, and, uh-huh. we wouldn't do it and we wouldn't suggest it. And we don't, we actually, we actively recommend against it. We no one should ever it. do anything illegal. All laws are important to, we're yeah. all lawful good here. So We're all lawful, lawful good Americans. Yeah, we are. <laughs> R- we just bleed red, white, and blue on this on this it, podcast. You don't miss it, everybody, but we actually pledge allegiance before we start every recording. Oh, <laughs> and we have someone sing the national anthem. We go in a we go in a round. <laughs> yeah, we rotate. Angel Angel's rendition of it is is beautiful. It brings a tear Gorgeous. to the eyes. It, like sobbing oh, shucks i'm blushing over here y'alls he's so <laughs> full of passion for our country mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 you guys are cracking me <laughs> dustin is that that's not captain friday's reaction right that's just, no, that's that's just that's reaction <laughs> Dustin hates this. The word thousands of legs just uh. Oh yeah. Brandamana. B U R A N D A M A N A. Like I know it's supposed to be a serious moment, but I keep wanting to say banana rama. Banana rama. <laughs> say it. Banana rama. Banana rama. Banana rama. This biscuit not be contained. <laughs> <laughs>